If love is free, why is it so hard to give? If love is free, why is it so hard to find? I woke up early morning and I got dressed. I woke up early morning and I realized as I'm walking down the street of how this world is, of how much pain and how much peace we feel in this world, happiness is hard to keep. You need to give love in order to receive. Love is free, but we find it hard to share. Easy to get mad, but it's hard to show you're there. So easy to forget, but it's hard to show you're there. I am here. That's why I wrote this song. For individuals who feel like they don't belong. For the lost ones who trying to find a way home. You flying high, still you expecting to fall. If love is free, why is it so hard to give? If love is free, why is it so hard to find? If love is free, how can we be so blind? Love is the key. Look at Stevie play blind. Love is time you spent with your family. Love is memories. Love is the better me. Love is falling deep. Love is wanting more for someone other than yourself. Love is vulnerable. Love is giving without something in return. Love is forgiveness. How can I be better when I don't love my enemies? Love is the miracle of giving birth. Love can heal you when your soul hurt. Love can break walls. Love can stop war. Love will bring peace. Love is you and me. Love is unity. Love is when I learn to love myself. Love is when you learn to love yours. Love is when you don't deny wrongs. Love is the music for your soul. And most of all, love is free. Yeah, okay. that's that's the song. That's the poem song that I have. So this is Daniel. I probably should have started with like you know that intro where you don't know who the person is and then at the end you're like, oh, this is Daniel. Yeah, Long, that, that would have been good, but it's too late. <laughs> um, so this is Daniel Ilya, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's a rapper, a performer, yeah, I a guess. songwriter. Yep. An engineer. Oh my god. A producer. I'm oh. just throwing them everywhere. Yeah. A record label starter. Founder. I guess. <laughs> Founder. Um, he's a lot of things and he's a friend, he's a brother. Yeah. He's so many things. Sure. And um maybe you can tell us who Daniel Ilya is actually. This yeah. is Daisy's <laughs> version of Daniel oh, Ilya in it's like great. in like one minute. But yep. maybe you could tell us who Daniel Ilya is. Yeah, okay. I, I always find these kind of questions very, like, I don't know, hard. Like, I would answer a different question if you were, like, to ask me about, like, <laughs> what food do I like or who do I listen to the most or mm. these kind of questions. Um, But when it comes to myself, I always, like, have to, like, think, okay, who am I? But it's weird. It's like, you know, I'm in this person. So um, Daniel Ilya, I guess, is an is an artist who loves making music um ever since i was eight i was always dancing i was always listening to music and i guess the performer side of things came from just watching people on tv like michael jackson and you know chris brown and all these amazing artists that i looked up to when i was dancing around that time and then 
it was it was only right for me to kind of get into music because I was listening to so much music, so I was always curious about writing or curious about you know making music and then performing it. So dancing kind of like you know didn't work out for me when I was like eighteen, nineteen, and then I got into yeah. I, then I decided to get into rapping. Then I got into rapping, and from there, basically. Things took off. It took me into a, a world of a journey. It took me into, you know, audio engineering, into producing, into, you know, creating this label with, you know, friends and just making sure that this thing happens for us, you know. So mm. I guess that's that <laughs> answers your question a little bit. I guess it does. Um, but maybe we'll explore more when we continue going. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like just getting to understand a bit more of all these different elements of Mm-hmm. What makes Daniel Ilya? Yeah. <laughs> so I've read a book, a book about Daniel Ilya's Let's life. explore, yeah. Um, but you said, so you're this many <clears throat> different things. Maybe we could start from, do you even remember the first time we met? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Do you? The first time we met was at the open day, was it? It was, orientation yeah, okay, so day, I actually. I do remember. Oh, yeah. wow. I actually didn't think you'd remember. Yeah, I do. I'm good at it. And so, <laughs> I probably haven't told you this story ever, but I'll say it now. Mm. Um, I, when I came in, uh, <laughs> so those we were all kind of new students, and like, yeah, of course I didn't know anyone because I was new to Australia as well. Yeah, and I remember I sat next to people, and I was really trying to have conversation with these people, but they were just not interested in the sense that first of all, it's really hard for me to actually initiate conversations, mm. and then so I put myself outside of my comfort zone, <laughs> and then these people didn't even care, and. You know, it was funny. They had a conversation with each other but and they no, also yeah. didn't know each other Wow! as if I wasn't there. And I was That's like, ah, I can't be bothered. Yeah. And so I was looking around the room and there's people in groups and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just me. There was a few others. Yeah. And then I saw this group of people <laughs> sitting I together at the yeah, corner. Yeah. Yeah, I and it was um, you and um, and your... And you, um, yeah. Harry was there? Yes, and Malik. Malik was there. Perfect. That's it. And you guys are just laughing and you're all having fun. I'm like, like, you know what? I'm going to sit there. Um, It just so happened, actually, that all of you are African as well, except (laughs) Harry. And so I was like, you know what? Those are my people. (laughs) I just go there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but then that was probably the first time, like, we met and we, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't remember what we even talked about that time. We talked about everything. And then we didn't talk for. Well, we used to say hi to each other on like the corridor and stuff. Yeah. And then we just became really good friends. And I don't remember how, but at some point. But yeah, so we're friends. We're really good friends now, yeah. which is cool. Like, <laughs> I think if we were in the same class, like from the first, from that trimester, True. we would have still been friends. But because we weren't in the same class, it was like, I would see you, we would say hi, but yeah. we weren't in the same classroom. Sort of True. Because the yeah. friendship kind of started when we actually got in the same class. Exactly, exactly. Um, what's actually your view on friendship? Like, what do you think? Because what do you think about true friendship? What's Man, true friendship to you? What's true friendship to me? Um, I'll probably, like, use my own experience, like, um, and, like, my own perspective on it. Sure. Go um, for me, like, sometimes I could be, like, a really good friend, and then sometimes I could be, I say, you know, a bad friend. But when I say a bad friend, doesn't mean, like, you know, if you need a favor or if you need like help or whatever i would say no but in terms of communication i wouldn't be there if that mm. makes sense because i'm so busy with whatever that i'm doing but i think true friendship should never end regardless of the distance between 
the two people. So mm. if I was to go away for like five years and not have to communicate with you or whatever, mm. when I come back, things should be the same. I feel like that's true friendship, you know. But like a lot of people feel some type of way about that. They feel like, oh, if you're my true friend, if you're going to go somewhere, you need to contact me, you know. Yeah. yeah so I'm kind of <laughs> using the, yeah, so people some people feel that way and they feel like a friend should always communicate with them but i feel like once you develop that friendship with someone you don't really need to get to that level of like you have to text them every day or yeah. communicate because that friendship is like you know the friendship bond it should be strong enough you know but if they feel some type of way about you not communicating to them i feel like then you're not really a close friend with that person you only mm. want them when you need something when you need help or whatever and help can come in many ways it could come in wanting <coughs> wanting someone who can give you advice mm. some people fall in love with the idea of getting advice from friends but not actually do anything about it true you know so a true friendship also then is about telling a friend the truth like telling them exactly what they need to do like you're messing up. Just <laughs> tell them that, you know? What they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Yeah, what they need to hear, not exactly. So I feel like if someone is not telling you what you need to hear, mm. then they're not really your friend. They're more like an enemy wearing a mask, basically, mm. um, keeping you around for some purpose that only benefits them, if that makes sense. So true friendship should be a combination of these two things. And that's that's what I believe. I mean, there's other things, but in my experience, I feel like that should be like for me that those two components are very important in terms of having a strong friendship. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and just like to segue into something else from just this conversation on friendship. Yeah. Um, well, of course, I listen to your songs because <laughs> one listener. Uh, yes. Well, we're friends, but like other than being friends, I actually like the content and the things that you talk about in your songs. Mm, and you. um, you've actually touched on friendships in some sort of way in some of the songs that you've written. Mm. And um, how, like, what's your creative process? How do you get to that point where you come up with all the stuff? That's a, if that's you'd like to share. <laughs> okay, maybe to make it well, simpler, yeah. how do you come up with, the song fly away for example okay, we can, we can because um i think i feel like that song has um it talks about so many themes yeah um and they're all prevalent in our society today yeah and they all kind of affect us in different ways but yeah, at the same exactly. time they're all related to each other yeah. it's like one results into another yeah exactly you said it well um yeah so the song fly away is basically a combination of different elements as you mentioned and we can get get into how I guess how I made the song and what what's the reason behind that song, but before I can go into that, I guess I'll say what the song is about, which yeah. is basically an individual feeling like they have to suicide in order for them to find peace, um, you know, in order for them to fly, to reach um, heaven or you know just peace basically, and because they feel like you know their existence in this world in earth is not like it's not it's not important they feel like they don't have any importance with their life and so therefore that's all that all comes from depression and all these other things that 
you know builds up in an individual's mentality you know when you deal with so much depression and so much stress and you feel like you're alone you start thinking like that you start thinking like you know you start having suicidal thoughts basically and for me to write a song like that obviously i have to experience it be, <laughs> to be able to mm. become creative with how i'm gonna make the song <laughs> you know i could have just kind of you know picked a sad beat and just you know <laughs> just started talking about suicide you know touch the sky just so i can ask god why because lately i've been feeling so lost inside of this world i can't find my way inside this maze i'm lost in yeah i can't seem to understand this life i'm living oh lord could you just lend me a hand i just want to know where you've been when i've been going through all the struggle then i'm just wondering if there's a second chance the devil was around so i had to dance i got questions i need answers for uh, i made mistakes i haven't learned from how long it takes before i could become great i'm just wondering god i need you can't wait i need you can't wait said like you had to experience some of these things mm. would you care to explain maybe yeah. a few scenarios of what made you maybe specifically write these songs with these specific lyrics um yeah i can definitely dive into that um so basically every single person in this world goes through you know suicidal thoughts depression and all these things especially if you're a, a teenager so all these experiences and you know for me to be able to make songs like this i can't go through it and make the song at the same time mm. i kind of have to go through the experience you know prevail from the experience come out of it strong and then be able to talk about the experience if that makes sense so i went through this experience because of just things around me when i was like 16 17 years old like you know having friends who suicided kind of affects you very like at that age it affects you very badly because I'm one I never experienced it two that's a very close friend of mine you know basically brothers you know and so for that person to kind of like out of nowhere well out of nowhere like suicide it's like it's a different experience your whole world kind of changes because then you start seeing the darker side of of this world basically you know like you you know people die and you know all these things but then when it happens in front of you when you see a dead body kind of in front of you it kind of just affects you so badly so going through that is like me writing the song fly away is like me basically feeling a certain guilt that i could have helped mm -hmm. my friend so going back to like friendship and stuff like that and how you need to actually be there for them and tell them what they need to hear mm -hmm. but also you know just being present in someone's in someone's i guess in someone's life helps them as m like it helps them just being there you don't even have to say words or whatever just being there for them helps them very like it helps them really like it's very important basically and then so that situation happens to me and then i go through basically two three years of like just like lost man like not being able to like know what to do with whatever that I was doing so like I'm I'm very good at hiding things mm. it, like I could go through my day very happy but I'm very like I could be like going through chaos in my world inside my head or whatever yep but I'm very good at hiding it 
So everything that I was doing around that time didn't make sense to me because I was going through that situation, you know, just that experience. Then I started writing songs. So there was more songs that were different in that sense, like talking about the situation and then just kind of exploring that more and trying to figure out like what could have, what could I have done to prevent it, to prevent him from getting to that point, you know, to, to feel like, yo, like I'm worthless. I need to like basically get rid of myself from this earth. To think that someone would, would think that way about themselves is like crazy, especially someone who has people who love them. So, yeah, so started making all these songs about the situation. Started feeling better, started feeling stronger. And then so it became, became like clear to me that if I didn't, like, if I wasn't there for him, what can I do better now? What can I do for someone else who's going to go through the same situation? I can maybe be vulnerable. I can explain to them the exact same thing that I'm, that I'm feeling so then they can also like understand that okay they are not alone there's someone out there that feels exactly the same way and that gives that gives that person a different perspective on how to go about it then they'll start feeling better about themselves because it's like I'm not alone so what can I do if that person is making music about it what can I do to kind of like help myself so songs like fly away is like me trying to help myself trying to help myself and someone else who's experiencing the same thing and it's also me feeling that guilt of not, not helping something. yeah not helping that friend who passed away so it's like still trying to reach out to him but then also rapping from his perspective because mm. that's also taking me back to being him when he was thinking about all these things so it's um, a little bit yeah too deep <laughs> it is pretty much um but I find it interesting, like, how you explained it. Because when you were talking, I was just thinking of um, Logic's song. Mm. And um, it's a phone number. one eight zero zero. I can't say the whole phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then... Um, <laughs> it's the hotline. Yeah, the hotline number for yeah. the call center if you want mm. to commit suicide in the States. Yeah. And um, I was watching an interview where he was speaking about why he did this song. Mm. And um, first of all, he chose to put that as the name of the song. Because it's a hotline number. So if mm -hmm. anyone feels depressed, they just the number is there already. Yeah. And then when he sang this song, he spoke from two different perspectives. Mm. The person calling the call center and the person picking from the other side. Yeah. And then when the person picks up, it's like, I want you to be alive. I want you to be alive. Because the other person is like, I don't want to be alive. I don't want to be alive. Yeah, exactly. But then all these, like, for someone to get to a point of suicide... When you're speaking, you said something like you didn't understand like how this could happen to your friend mm. because there was so much love around him. Exactly. But maybe um, sometimes you did a very beautiful poem of what love is and love is free. And, exactly. Um, yeah. How does that look in our society today? Because sometimes I feel like we can say we love somebody but mm. then our actions don't show love. Exactly. So yeah. I love you because you're my friend. Mm. You don't have to love me because there shouldn't be that because in y between Yeah, there. I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, love is free. Exactly. <laughs> like, we should be at a point where showing love to other people is okay. Mm. Or why is it weird when like one guy goes to another guy and is like, yo, I love you so much. It's <laughs> like, nah, stop being gay. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, I get like, what you mean. Yeah. Love has been made into 
I don't even I, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. But then I feel like in our society today, um, and I'm really generalizing, but sometimes I guess in the society I'm living in today, mm. it's really hard to see people showing love Express that, yeah, yeah. but then they speak about it so mm. we can we can love each other but then i do some things that actually are not loving mm. and i don't know if it's because we don't realize it yeah. but bringing it back to the context of this case for example suicide and depression and what you talk about in this song mm. like what do you think this love that we see, like this concept of love that we have, mm. is there anything that's missing that forces yeah. people to get to that point? Like, Does that make sense? To love someone through their actions or like, I, I get what you mean. Um, I think it just needs to go back internally. That's what I think. It needs to start off internally first. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a line in the poem that I did where it's like, Love is when I love when I learn to love myself, you know, like learning to really love yourself first mm -hmm. really opens up the world around you. Um, and I feel like a lot of people go around not loving themselves, you know, and then them not loving themselves creates this world around them where everything is sort of like, you know, negative, I would say, maybe negative, maybe not even like love but it's just nothing it's just middle you know like where they just don't feel anything mm. you know but they can still see say these words they can see say all these things but their actions is not there they maybe want to say i love you because you're my friend because they feel obligated to mm. you know because yeah now we're friends you help me on my homework or whatever that you do for me as a friend i do the same thing but also you can still say there's no love there it becomes more like you going to a, to your workplace, right? You go to work because you know you can make money. You don't like the work. You don't want to do. You don't want to work there, but you know it helps you do what you need to do. It gives it gives you money so you can pay rent and all these things. So I feel like love. The word love gets used in that way, in that sense. Very loosely. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, it's but it's free. It shouldn't even be like that. It should be like. You know, I really got to know you and I love you as a person and I expect nothing from you, mm. you know. But then that's where the idea of friendship comes in as well, where if you're not around them, they, they're not friends with you. Because yeah. when you're around, you can help them with all these things. And so that's what I mean. Like you need to really love yourself first. Once you love yourself first, then you create the reality around you to be able to just be friends with anybody and Mm. do all these positive things with that expectation um people do things because they expect something you go to work because you expect money if you weren't getting paid at work you would not work you know if you if you know you're gonna meet someone and they're not gonna help you in the future then you're not gonna talk to that person you know what i mean yeah it, it goes into a lot of things and that's how a lot of people think they just think i'm gonna do this to get this back that's it it's more like i want to take take and not really, you know, just give. Like, just Selfishness. give. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just give as much as you can and don't expect anything in return. I find it very interesting that you said for you to love someone or to show love, you have to love yourself. Mm. But what does that look like? It's as difficult. Like, for you, for example, I don't know, have you reached that point where you actually know yourself to get to love yourself? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. so um. do you love yourself, actually? <laughs> 
I would say I'm learning to. Because I, I can okay. I can easily say I love myself, but mm. I don't like there's certain things that I do where I just feel like why did I do that? Mm. Um, and I think when it comes to love, love, it's it shouldn't have that. Like you shouldn't have, you shouldn't judge yourself on yeah. things that you've done. And it's like if you have love, you wouldn't do those things. Also, you know, if your intention was love from the first place, you wouldn't do s- certain things. So. For me to say I love myself, I feel like I'm not there because I still judge myself differently. And when I judge myself, it's in a negative way. It's like not, you know, it's not something that someone who loves themselves would do. And I'm not even saying like being cocky or anything like that because that's nowhere close to this. (laughs) But it would be like seeing your own flaws and being 100% okay with it. It should be to a point where you can, like if you were to go to like, say go to like a fountain or something or go to like a mountain and you see waterfalls you look at it and you you see it as something that's beautiful right you just feel peace Mm. that's how it should be like it should be like that within yourself when you look into the mirror every single thing about you inside outside should should be like that there shouldn't be a moment where you're like ah like i wish i can you know, I wish I can change this about me or whatever. Then it means that you don't really love what you already have, sort of thing. I don't mm. know if I, if I answered <laughs> your question. I'm really trying to explain what it should yeah. feel like. But I guess it's also difficult to explain it because, like you said, you're still learning to do it. So exactly. It's a, and to be honest, I think it's an ongoing process. Exactly. And um, maybe the realization that there's not that love from within mm. is part of actually learning to love yourself. Exactly. Because is, once yeah. you realize it is when you start searching for it and then you continue growing. Because mm. um, I think it's true that a lot of, um, well, all insecurities probably come up as a result mm. at some extent, to some extent of not loving yourself or probably thinking you're inadequate in some sort of way. Exactly. And also trying to make up for it because the people around you expect you to do some things, for mm. example. Mm. And um, I'm not... Um, like depression is a really, and maybe anxiety and things like suicide are are probably really. Is that as a result of one thing? Mm. For example, it's it's a lot of forces that are coming to you, and at some point it gets overwhelming. Mm. And um, I don't know what you think about this. Um, in terms of maybe how you're brought up. Yeah. Was it like okay to talk about depression or anxiety or maybe not just you, the people around you? Like, have you seen that? Was it talked about a lot, especially maybe in the context of the people you grew up around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, obviously, your parents will always show you love. So they would not show you anything else than that, you know, and they're they're basically too busy trying to raise you. But I think a lot of that learning comes when you have friends, you know, when like for me, I was hanging out with my cousins when I was like 13 and, you know, growing up as a teenager, I was hanging out with my cousins and, you know, they were boys. And when, when all boys come together, there's this shield that we put on where it's like, don't be weak, you know, Mm. it's like when you say don't be weak, you, you know, Everyone's like, yeah, mean? exactly. What does being weak mean? Yeah, you know. And then, so when someone tells you don't be weak, you're trying to be strong. That means not to show emotions, not to show all these little things. But it's like, what if I'm having a bad day and you guys are the <laughs> only friends I have? Yeah, who can I talk to? So there's a lot of those things where 
you learn how to hide your emotions. You learn how to not um, love yourself. And what happens when you bottle up all these, you know, things that you go through? You know, it, it creates some sort of negative things about it, like negative aspects to it. And that comes and things like depression comes into it. Things like, you know, you start creating habits, you know. You start creating bad habits where you need to take things to make that habit go away. But depression comes from not being able to be very open about things, you know. If you start off at a young age like that, where you don't express how you feel, it's going to get to you. Like you're building, you're build, planting the seed of mm-hmm. negativity inside you because you're not letting it out. And when you let it out, you know, hearing yourself back often like helps you. Like it helps you deal with that problem. Whatever it is, it could be like, it could be something small. Someone could like, if you're at that age, if someone stole your bike, like you'll be so <laughs> angry, you know what I mean? You're like, oh my God, like that's my only bike, you know? You'll be angry, but you'll also be, a little bit sad about it and that you know combination of two different things could create something else Mm. as well but it'll just keep rising and rising and at some point like i remember this very clearly it's like the craziest thing ever um i think i was yeah I i was like 13 14 and and i was going through this weird phase i was like i was like you know i wasn't too sure you know if like girls liked me right so i was i was a boy so obviously that was in my head mm. and then but I, I didn't know what it was at that point but I still think I still rem, I still remember what my cousin told me he was he was also a male um I told him like yo I feel like I'm ugly bro like <laughs> like I look in the mirror I feel like I'm ugly and then he's like isn't girls supposed to feel that way Ooh. like he said that to me I remember very clearly and then from that moment onwards I was like yeah okay yeah I shouldn't feel that way I shouldn't feel like yo but that's what I'm trying to say. Like, guys have all these insecurities, but the world puts this thing on them where you're not supposed to show emotions. You know, you're not supposed to feel that way. You're not supposed to feel like this. You're not, like, you know what I mean? Because it just, it's seen as weakness. Exactly. And that's why, like, in terms of, like, suicide, often males are, like, more likely to, like, suicide, like, kill themselves because of depression because of those things because they feel like they can't talk about it they can't express it to friends or other people because they might see them differently you know not knowing that if you if your friends care about you they shouldn't see you differently but then that's the thing when we in this world we look outwards if we have a problem we want to express it rather than kind of dealing with it inside but it's very hard to deal with it inside if you don't know what it is mm-hmm. you kind of need to talk to people about it do all these things and then try to look inwards and try to find what is it that started this thing but then you can you can end up tracing back to when you were like nine or whatever something that happened to you you know so mm. it's it's a very hard topic to like really express because like you said, it's different combination that creates these things. I find it actually pretty interesting how you said, like how you brought the concept because I've seen it happen a lot. Like being vulnerable is viewed as being weak. Mm. But at the same time, you avoiding being vulnerable brings about all these, it brings about depression, anxiety, and sometimes like mental illness. Mm. And then when that comes about, again, speaking about that is 
seen as being weak. <laughs> exactly. So it becomes exactly. a constant cycle. And mm. sometimes when people actually gather the courage to speak about it, because it's not easy oh, for anyone, not. regardless, male or female, mm. if you're going through depression or anxiety to even speak about it. Mm. And when they do, you find like some people actually give them flack <laughs> for speaking about exactly, it. Exactly. And so it's it's like there's so much expectation from the society we live in. And as much as you want to block out all these expectations, sometimes it still affects you. Exactly. As much as I'll be like, oh, I don't care what people say. St- if I yeah. speak out about the things that I'm going through and mm. someone gives me flack for it, I'm just thinking, how can you look at this from this perspective? Exactly. I'm here sharing a part of my life because I want to be free out of this box that I've been in exactly. for a really long time. Yeah. And so I think that back and forth for, oh, I'm going through something, I can't speak about it because, first of all, mm. it's being weak. And even if maybe I'm not being weak and I speak about it, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to either be people will take it and run with it and help me, mm. or people will look at this thing that I actually shared and they're like, what the hell do you tell this to us? Exactly. Like, we it's don't crazy. care. Or it's mm. just a, it's more of a gamble. Yeah, <laughs> you could go either way. And you can get both responses at the same time, but it doesn't make it better that, because yeah, there's one, there's one that, there's still this group of people that still don't understand how these things, you don't choose them to, ha- you don't choose for them to happen. Exactly. And a lot of it is conditioned with maybe the environments we're in when we're yeah. raised or the circumstances that we, we go through when we're younger or even older and things that happen around us. Because mm. sometimes you don't choose how things go. You don't, no, exactly. And it directly affects <laughs> you. Yeah, it's a good point that you, you, you know, brought up, you know, about how if you were to share something very vulnerable, I guess, someone else might take it in, as negative and say, oh, well, you, you should have done this or whatever, but not really understand where you're coming from. Um, I feel like people who come in that perspective, I feel like they see a reflection of themselves. So when you display, I guess, a side of weakness, if that's what they think, um, they see that in themselves and therefore they're quickly to deny it um, before Mm -hmm. it gets to them. You know, because for me to kind of like basically sympathize with you, I would have to kind of get to your level, you know. If it's vulnerability, I have to get to that level and be like, I understand where you're coming from. And then kind of, you know, go into that conversation and help you feel better. But some people are very defensive, so they're really scared to go to that area because they know that's like, ah, I don't want to go there. (laughs) My life is not that way, you know. It's not shaped that way or whatever. So, and that traces back to, how, you know, being a product of your environment, like, you know, how I was as well with my cousins and how everybody had their shield up and everyone was like, you know, don't be weak, don't be weak. You know, you grow up, then you go through all these things in life and you're like, how can I not be weak yeah. when, you know, all these things are happening to me? And then society expects you to have this masculine figure, exactly. which it's defined masculinity into something else. Exactly. It, it doesn't make sense, you know. Um, but I feel like... Things do progress, but it should, if you look at it, it should, you know, it should have, it should have been like, yeah, it should have been like already there. Like we should have been like loving each other like crazy, but it just seems like it progresses, but then it doesn't at the same time, like it stops, you know, like the thing is like, I've been in the train a few times and then like when I see someone else, when I see someone crying in the train, like it breaks my heart like crazy because it's like, this is a stranger 
who can't even hold, you know, their emotions in. Like it has to be that emotional for them to actually s- express themselves in the train because people in the train don't even look at each other. Mm, yeah. So for someone to get to that level where they actually cry means that they're actually going through something so deep, you mm. know. But people don't pay attention to that. Like I've seen it so many times where people like look at them as like, why are you crying in the train? Like yeah. that's so embarrassing. But it's like, why can't people all like go to that person and be like, are you okay? Or whatever. Um, And they've like... In terms of, like, seeing, I guess, something where, like, someone came up to me and said, hey, are you okay? Like, that changes so much. It has such a big effect for you as a person if someone else did that. You know, I was in high school once. Something happened. I was, you know, I was still young, so I was being childish. Something happened, and it upset me. And then I went to sit down, and I was, like, because I'm sensitive. So I started crying about it, you know? Mm. And then um, this guy walked past, and he was like, hey, man, are you okay? And just him saying, hey, are you okay, made me feel better. You know, like, I was like, oh, yeah. like, someone cares about why I'm crying, you know? So just, just these little things, these little acts of kindness really changes a person's, I guess, moment if you want to say, but people tend to kind of like stay away from, hey, nah, I don't want to go yeah. there. <laughs> when <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> suit them, it's like, nah, exactly. it's not for me. Exactly. And um, just to go back to like where we started about love and what love is and how everybody, a lot of people preach about love but then they don't show it. Mm. But then it's in that case. So you find mm. a lot of people who say love is good, I believe in love, mm. and they're pro-love. And then when it's someone else outside of their circles, outside mm. of the people they know, yeah. is going through something like that or even having that courtesy of asking what's going on. And then I've had a lot of people say, oh, I can't do that because it's not in my place. So we've created mm. places <laughs> yeah, um, like in the sense that we're even afraid. But for some people, they're afraid to do it because they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's worth trying. Exactly. Because... It could go a long way. I've seen, like, yeah. I've met people who just say, just as someone smiling at them, it's like, wow, you made my day. Yeah, it's crazy. And, like, sometimes I work outside, and <laughs> it's really interesting. When you're outside, you see a lot of things, mm. and people walk past me, but there's more, I tend to get more positive people in comparison to negative people. Mm. But then sometimes, like, I'll just say hello to someone, and they just be like, no, no, no. But then they're stopping me because they didn't even wait to hear what I was saying. They exactly. just thought I'm selling them something. I'm yeah. like, I was just saying hi, bro. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, just exactly. chill. But then that <laughs> that explains why you get so many positive people than negative people because your energy already is like vibrant. Like you're True. really you're really just like happy about your day. That's good. You and know? also sometimes I go to work and I just don't want to be there. Like I <laughs> honestly just don't want to be there. Exactly. And then when I say hi to someone or when I'm speaking to someone and I get a positive response, it kind of gives me the energy to keep going. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. Like, it kind of gets me going. going. So it's like we're feeding each other's energies. And so (laughs) you're happy, I'm happy. A lot of other people get to be happy. Exactly, exactly. Um, Which is really good, I suppose. No, I suppose. It is really good. It's very important. It's it's that energy, like that positivity. Mm. And us just stop, I think... Us putting ourselves outside of our own situations and when we start thinking of other people before ourselves, mm. it's easier to manifest love and kindness and all these virtues it, that exactly. make life better for everyone else and easier mm. for everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. And like 
so in your music as well, um, music. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talk about in in I guess in the same wave of your experiences, mm. a lot of racial profiling. Yeah. In Australia, in Melbourne specifically, because yeah, that's where that's we are, right. yeah. and even in Melbourne, like in certain like areas of Melbourne, mm. and so why? Well, maybe not why did you choose to do it, but mm. like what got you to speak about mm. racial profiling in some of your songs? Because I've experienced it. Like for me, I haven't experienced it to a level where it's like really bad, but I've heard stories from friends who like, you know, tell me all these stories of like, you know, cops doing these crazy things to them and they were just teenagers, you know? So like like beating them up for for them just walking away from the cop or something like that so a situation that's like very small but the person the the law enforcement takes you know they they abuse their power they use instead we forget that cops are human beings at the end of the day Mm. if we get angry they get angry as well if we feel stressed they feel stressed you know they're just in uniform and that's why and that's why i don't think all cops are bad i just think some you know, some of them are actually bad. They get into it with the wrong intentions or they go through it and they ha- they're they dealing with something personal that they bring on to the work. And that's not how it should be done because if you bring negativity into your, if you're doing a shift then you and you're already negative, everything around you is going to be negative, you know? Every single thing. So I think it's very important for us to speak out, speak out about those situations, you know, to make everybody aware, to make everyone aware that, like, not all black teens are, like, you know, like, bad people. And period, it's, n- it, like, every single different culture has bad individuals, bad groups. Mm. There's always all these things. But why is it when the person happens to be black or the group happens to be black, they, you know, you kind of generalize the whole country, you know? Why is it that, you know, it just doesn't make sense. But even cops probably, like, going through like maybe watching news or something like that, that gets to their head as well. It gets to their head that, oh, like next time you see someone acting up, like you can do the same thing or whatever. You can you can basically do what you want because these guys are already criminals. You know, so it's like the idea of brainwashing people, brainwashing cops and stuff like that. Some cops obviously are like human beings. They treat you like a human being. You Then that's when you treat them back. But some people you just you can see in their energy that the intentions are just bad from the first place, like they're seeking revenge for something. And I feel like it's very important because you have to learn how to deal with negativity like that in a certain way. Mm. Um, With teenagers especially, if that negativity comes towards them, they're going to react back to that negativity. And that's when they're going to lose because that person in in the uniform, is he has the power. Even though he's abusing his power, People, he, still has the power. he still has the power. People are going to see you as just a troubled young thug or whatever they say in the news. But if those if those teenagers learn to, you know, you like learn to control their their energy, if they learn to control their energy and and maybe like not deal with the negativity with a negative response, mm. it makes their life easier for them. Mm, interesting. Um, Cause when I was a teenager, I was, you know, like NWA, like you know, forget the police or whatever. I don't want to swear, 
but like you know i was like i don't i don't care about the police like what are they doing as a teenager that's something especially as a black teenager that runs in your blood like that's in there because you already know what this society is already what this society has done to us already so you go into the street you carry that with you you know all your friends do some of your friends take it too far where they end up in jail some friends start realizing yeah like yo i can't fight negativity with negativity i gotta be positive towards it or i gotta <coughs> control like control myself until i get out of the situation so that's that's why when i talk about like you know racial profiling and all the police stuff that's happening i try to give the listener two perspectives the perspectives of these teenagers don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. and the perspective of these you know cops are actually bad for what they're doing and they should you know they should they should be consequences for what they're doing so that way each other person that wants to follow the same route they know there's consequences before they do what they do so that way they can leave their problems at home and come and do their job right you know cuz if some of these some of these cops have kids that's the sad part they have sons they have daughters they have all you know they have a family mm. so how are you going to go to te- a group of young teenagers who probably are the same age as your daughter or your son how are you going to go to them and beat them up like an adult like it doesn't make sense for someone like that to do it you know mm. so if they learn that there's consequences behind their action no cop is going to be doing the same thing that most are doing you know so it's just like making people aware the listeners who think oh these teenagers are bad yeah the cop did the right thing if they listen to a song where it gives them two perspective they can understand then they can say okay these kids are actually you know they're not they're not doing this on purpose but they're lost they need help or whatever mm. you know so it's just really trying to reach out to all parties not saying you know i don't not like the cops yeah not picking a side cuz that's not what it's about is just about fairness really so i like what you said about um like them bringing their personal issues into context like when they are asking someone or when they're dealing with certain mm. youths um and you mentioned something like the cops beating them as if they are adults exactly it doesn't crazy. matter like even if they are adults they shouldn't do it yeah exactly <laughs> but like <laughs> <laughs> i know but it's like <laughs> i can't get what you're trying to say yeah exactly but um I think in terms of bringing their personal issues I just watch I was watching a play last week um in Geelong and it was actually called 6 hours of 6 hours in Geelong mm-hmm. and they had um so the most they had this scene where um there's this uh African kid and he was kid no African youth mm-hmm. and he was arrested and the cop was an islander he was someone mm-hmm. um and so when he arrested him is like that shirt that shirt belongs to you stole that shirt i'm going to arrest you for that shirt so they were looking for mistakes to arrest um mm, yeah, this yeah. youth but there wasn't any he was just going <laughs> going somewhere um and then <laughs> so he says that shirt you're wearing um it belongs to my my nephew he lost a shirt like that so there was um there's this was taken into context from what happened between the islanders and africans during th- those some rivalry that happened yeah, earlier yeah. um and so this person this this cop brought in his personal yeah, issues yeah, exactly. and it couldn't for all i know and in the context of the play that was definitely not the shirt but that shirt mm. di- di- um reminded him of oh. his nephew yeah, yeah. and so he's acting up on this youth 
just because of what happened to his nephew. Exactly. And yeah. this youth had nothing to do with and whatever happened. Kid, yeah. And so I find like a lot also in terms of how I've seen cops working and the situations I've had, the scenarios I've had of people with experiences with cops here, um, it's solely based on stereotypes. It is, it is. A lot of it. And um, it's not just here in a lot of places, but what stereotypes do, it's, it's just a constant cycle. So then you see an African kid or a black kid and it's or a black youth or a black person and there's already this idea you have of in your head. Um, a friend of mine was actually sharing with me recently where he said like sometimes he gets on the tram mm. and ladies move their bags to the other side. He <laughs> just showed up. That was, he has no intention. Like he realizes what's happening and he's conscious of it. Mm. And I feel like if you're a black person living in a dominantly white country, mm. you're always ready for anything to go wrong. You have to. So you're kind of prepared for anything to go wrong. And sometimes when such things happen, it's funny because <laughs> you know why they're doing it and you know why it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. it's just really difficult <laughs> also to understand how this person just looked at you and already Has made you mindset, this, yeah. this other person. Like, it's So crazy. you always, I always say, I told this to someone, like sometimes... Not sometimes, all the time, you're walking stereotype. You just don't know what stereotype you're fitting into in everybody else's mind. Exactly. So for one person, I might be a thief. For one person, I might just be not educated. I might mm. be illiterate and they mm. think I don't speak English. Mm. And then you speak to them and they always say, your English is really good. And so as soon as someone says that, <laughs> it, it means you've just been assuming like, exactly. this whole time, this whole time. Yeah, I oh can't be eloquent. Mm. And it's because you know I'm black and there's that connotation and I feel that that cycle goes on and it's what you're saying. Like, so instead of fighting it with negativity, we try and find like that mid, it's not necessarily a middle ground. It's just to find a way to educate these people. Exactly. And we need more white people to be speaking out against it mm, because sure. the problem is not with the black people and the brown people and mm. the all these Asians people who are getting um and and Muslims <laughs> because exactly, that's yeah. some other religious like discrimination. Exactly. It's not the people being discriminated against that have a problem. The problem is the people doing the discrimination. Exactly. And so if if you're hanging out with us, take that knowledge to them. It's like yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> do something about it. Yeah, make um, them understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's a very interesting but it it's it just concept. comes to like white supremacy basically like we come 100%. to this country and then they're like oh my god don't sit next to me you're gonna steal my bag but they go to like africa or something people praise them like it yeah. doesn't make sense it's just how we've been brainwashed over the years um and that's that's when you, you you like you said before and you know just going off what i pointed out not fighting it with negativity but rather just kind of looking at them and just smile make them feel like yeah like actually you're the stupid one before yeah. thinking i was gonna steal your bag look what i'm wearing you know or you know it's just things like that and that's what we try to do we, we try to bring out stuff like that in the music or in, in the music videos and stuff like that just to help people change their perspective to keep their mind open because They've got this subconscious with all these things, you know, stereotypes where they don't even know it, but they're doing it, you know, without them knowing they are, they've already 
you know, done that. And that's even the bigger problem with them not knowing they're doing it. It's, that's because a that's one. a huge yeah. ignorance. I feel like ignorance is a very dangerous thing mm. because when you don't know you're doing something wrong or you're not, if you're not conscious of what you're doing, mm. <laughs> then there's something wrong. Some it, There's something bigger then, that yeah. needs to be addressed for you to realize it. Exactly. And it's true. I see that a lot here. I feel like a lot of people in Melbourne specifically are very ignorant and they're, ig- they're even more ignorant when you mention it to them. It's like exactly. you do they realize what you ignorant. said is, is wrong and they're like, why is he wrong? Like they're very defensive as well. Hmm. Now, like if you actually just listen, <laughs> you'll understand why and hmm. maybe you can progress somewhere else. Exactly, and like, exactly. So out of this talk of um, racial profiling and depression and how all these things have inspired you to like certain songs mm. that some of them have, you've shared with us, um, what what do you think of the message today in most rap music? Because yeah. that's what you're into. Um, the message today. Like, what's your take on... On rap, rap as a genre, as a you genre. can choose to take it in whatever direction because it's pretty broad as well. Yeah, it's very broad. We can we can say rap or we can even say hip hop as well. Yeah. you know, because um, they both tie into one and they're under. You know, well, hip hop is above rap and rap is just a subgenre. But I'll say I uh, will talk about rap because that that's what I do. I rap. Um, like, I don't know. Like, it's crazy though. Like, it's crazy to see people praise songs that don't have any message um songs that are basically you know 100 percent ignorance you know that doesn't make no sense it's Mm. crazy to see people who don't even listen to hip-hop praise those kind of songs but then when you have songs that are like for example like when kendrick lamar put out his um black of the berry song (laughs) Like, I thought everybody, you know, every single black person was going to flip, you know, like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, it's time. <laughs> like, let's protest. It's revolution. Exactly. Let's end this now. You know, I thought, you know, I was ready. But people were like, oh, that's dope. That's dope. And then, boom, they went to listen to, like, somebody else that was, like, the complete opposite of what Kendrick Lamar was doing. Um, but you listen to that song and just every single thing about that song explains uh, like reality and where we're sitting as you know the black community and what we're doing um so to go back to your question i feel like there's certain artists who are fighting it like they they're trying to really help people see different perspectives because even the black community can also be blind to some extent you know oh, yeah. you know so it's like it's very hard to like go to the opposite side to you know to go to white people and be like hey look stop judging us like this and that and then they say but what about him why is he behaving that way so mm. you kind of like it's very hard you know we're in a space where if you're the conscious person and you're black you're gonna have to reach out to both sides you're gonna reach out to you know the white people and tell them this and that and then you gotta reach out to the community and tell them look what you guys are doing that's not you know that's why they're seeing us this way or whatever you know, so it's it's very hard. Like, it's very hard because majority of music that's getting pushed out there as well by companies or le- record labels or things that make numbers are, like, basically n- nothing. Like, they don't, they don't do anything for your life. They don't change anything for you whatsoever. Like, yeah, you can listen to it. It's, it's a bumping beat, but it's like, what else is beyond that? What is the message? What have you learned from it? Mm. How did you improve as a human being from it, you know? 
So it's very hard for me to really, really like touch on that and be like, you know, it's this and that. But I can yeah. only say that this is, there's so much level of ignorance in rap, but the people are not praising, you know, I guess the consciousness of rap or hip hop. Um, what do you think? So like, I'll give like maybe to put it into context. Mm. Someone like Tupac, for mm. example, yeah. and the songs he used to sing like Biggie. This is some of the names that people hear, and they're like, "I'm just." I just picked those two because that's what that's. Those are the two majority mm. um, that people, a lot of people know about. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of other underground like hip hop artists who started back in the day. Exactly. Um, right. But those two, for example, and how they tackle things like about racial profiling mm. and racism, and they touch on some things about like religious discrimination as well. And today we have guys like Kendrick who talk about injustices a lot in exactly. context to race and in America. But what do you th- what's your take on... <laughs> I had to ask this question. <laughs> so maybe you said Kami, maybe you didn't. Um, on like people or artists who sing songs that are very misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's funny we joked about this. Topic. Yeah, I talk about it all the time, but I'm just curious to hear from an artist's perspective. Yeah. Um, and also like how we see women represented in music videos, mm. and how do you think? What What's your What's your view on that? And uh, maybe an example is a lot of rap music. Um, and tr- maybe trap. There's been mm. so many different versions of rap of late. Yeah, but like yeah. in rap music, even from back in the day, so maybe from the 2000s, yeah. um, the way women are represented in music videos has always mm. been the same. So a video vixen and you're probably half naked. They're very sexualized. Exactly, exactly. Um, what do you think of that? And what do you think you can do I think either <laughs> in terms of stopping that or progressing with that? I just, I, I just don't know. Like I don't know what side <laughs> you're on. Okay, I kind of know, but yeah. You already know what side I'm on. If I'm gonna say love is free, and then we're like, oh yeah, well, we got we twerkers in my video. <laughs> but it's, um, I feel like it, it, the change for that is gonna take a long time. Like it's gonna take a very long time for it to happen. Um, like I feel like we're still, as a society right now, we still haven't reached, you know, gender gender equality. You know, like, mm. I feel like we still haven't reached that. So what makes us think music videos are going to change or, you know, things, you know what I mean? Just thinking thinking of it as a society, that's bigger than yeah, music. True. That's bigger than everything. That's everyone, you know. So, if, sorry, I'll just cut you there a little, yeah. just a little bit. Um, so do you think that's like the representation of women sexually? Do you think that stems from inequality? quality of men and women to some level yeah i feel like to some level like some people still have that old mentality which you is know, like the old mentality of like you know how men are like basically you know they dominate whatever like being, men are do- dominant being to more women. dominant to women yeah okay so that's that leads into music videos being that way okay um and you obviously you're a conscious person, but another person might not be conscious of it, and True. that person could be a female also. <laughs> well, and she I might feel like females who actually in the music videos. Exactly, they're not conscious. <laughs> Some of them do exactly. not know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Into. Exactly, exactly. So there's this thing in their head. They're thinking, 
oh, I'm like, you know, pretty, whatever. I'm showing my body. I've been fit, whatever. But it's from our perspective, people who are conscious, that's not what it is. That's yeah. not how you should do it. You're being objectified, you know. You're 100%. being sold at something to get views, to get people to start talking, to get mm. people to start watching, you know. And until people can change that mindset, until people can become conscious of like, no, that you're objectifying women on that video until yeah. we can say that then things will change mm. but the fact that it's only getting worse and worse it doesn't get better it's just the quality gets better and the way they do it is differently but it doesn't stop it doesn't change nobody makes that change um and it we can't really change it because i feel like it's now imprinted <laughs> in that in, in in the industry um, the only way we can try to do is find the loopholes. Um, we can find the loopholes by trying to embrace women. Um, like Kendrick Lamar, for example, with uh, one of his music videos for one of his songs where he talks about he wants to see a woman with a stretch mark instead of, you know, and then you see it in the video, you see it visually. So just, just little things like that is like you finding the loopholes in, you know, in this messed up industry, in this messed up society that we live in. And if you find it, then you can kind of like, kind of like just tweak people's brains a little bit where they're like, oh, like he does have a point. Like, you know, it kind of just mm. makes people a little bit conscious. But if you I approach you. people with like, hey, this is, you know, you're objectifying women. This is not right. People, people with those, you know, people who are brainwashed, they'll be like, what the hell are you saying? You're crazy. You know, hmm. so it's <laughs> you, you got to find I guess it's, a, it's a fine line. I kind of disagree with you a little bit mm. um, in terms of the card, the way we should address it. I feel like having different ways of addressing it we kind of work. It just oh, depends with yeah, yeah. the audience we're addressing. And also, it's true, like, the way... I don't think we should wait for the loopholes. We should just mm. be like, oh, here's a problem, dive into it. Mm. And maybe how we dive into it should be differently. So I'm picking up on some things that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And because um, I feel like... If in terms of representation of women, Kendrick Lamar, an example, I saw another the song with Wizkid and Drake, mm -hmm. Come Closer. And I saw that I'd never seen the video until recently. And he decided to actually, all the women are so decently dressed. Like, mm. they looked so good. Exactly. And exactly. so it's not like sex doesn't always sell because that's how this whole sexualization comes in. It's like, oh, you want to make numbers? sell exactly, women basically. in a sexual way like exactly. it's and it's sad actually that we've gotten to a point where we need <laughs> to, to put that. in like all these sexual features to make people listen to your music that should them. sell itself yeah exactly. <laughs> like if exactly. your product is good it it's gonna sell mm. like you don't have to try too hard and it's because Again, we had this conversation earlier. We're trying to commoditize everything. Mm. And so we need to find a way to appeal to everybody else because also you're not the only one selling. Exactly. So a lot of things are being sold, so we have to be the best. So we are competing. And also the idea that even this music itself, for someone else, like a record label, mm. it's a product. It's not, it's <laughs> it's not yeah. art. It's not a creative piece of work. It's a product. So does a product sell? No. How do you make the product sell? Mm. Blah, 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 blah. Which I guess we've been conditioned to and we need. We need to but break those barriers I, I feel like it's so bad. it really comes 
back to us as a society. I think it's our fault. Like we're the consumers, right? And we're always demanding for some something new or something. We all we're always demanding for something. And that's what's forcing these people to act that way because they they look at us and see what we're demanding or see what works for us, if that makes sense. It might be like not mm, I d I I don't think I agree with you on that because yeah. you're feeding <laughs> you whatever you're feeding me um, as much as we're demanding for things, mm. why is that demand there? Because you're fed into something. So maybe it's a two-way thing, mm. but you, do, you just don't... Okay, I'll give an example. So if you're singing a song... Um, what song? Let's speak your song. Oh, my song. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about your song. Let's talk so about if, for example, the song Stroke Poetry, Love is Free, mm. if you are going to represent that, how you choose to represent that could go either way. You can either choose to represent it in a very sexual way mm-hmm. and it will still work because in our society, that's some f- so that is a form of love. It's just love in a sexual way. Exactly. But then you can choose to take it in a different direction. Mm. And I feel like you don't have to force people. Like the faults can't be on the consumer because of what you, because of the product you're giving, so mm. the consumer only put, put um, only consumes what you give to them. So if if you give me this product and it's sexually packaged, that's mm. what you're giving me to take it. Okay, exactly. But then, so but then, I, so the demand yeah. comes from you don't have to give in to the pressure of the con, of the consumer as well. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, so you if you decide if not the consumers to, are sorry. the ones who take it, right? Yeah. So if I say if I to do two different versions of love is free right one is the one that you know and the other one is the sexualized love is free right and then i deliver say the first uh the second version which is the sexualized one and people love it and people want more of that they're like oh my god that song is like amazing whatever whatever because of this 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 that reason that's already giving me pressure from the consumers to be able to produce a similar product True. In a marketing, in a business sense, you would wanna, you wouldn't wanna put this the first version because if they love that, why wouldn't you give them more of that? That's true. Until that's, it doesn't work. That's what I'm saying. It's giving into the pressure mm. of what the consumer wants. But what are you trying to communicate? What do you want? What is your purpose? Mm. And if your purpose is to be making stuff that's just consumable, go for it. Then that's what you're doing. Yeah. But then again. Do you know what you're doing? Are you conscious of the effect that this has? Mm. Like, because again, going back to the very beginning, it's a matter of being thinking about others instead of yourself. So mm. th- this, these are your listeners. What are you feeding your listeners? Exactly. And as a musician, as someone who has so many listeners, what do you want them to get out of this? Exactly. So it's still, it's more about, it's... If it's about yourself, like, oh, I want to express myself in this sort of way, cool. But that's how you're expressing yourself. Mm. But you're accountable <laughs> of what you're expressing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Feel free to do it. If I, I get sexuality what you mean. But then to, all of that. To a certain level, it becomes, like, our fault as a consumer because we're saying, give us more of this. The, you know, like, if they give us something that we don't want, no one's going to support it. And as an artist who's, like, I'm thinking from, like, the business side in, like, music, mm. you know, and just going off, like, music videos and how they're, like, you know, sexualizing women, objectifying women. Um, if, say, 
like for example Nicki Minaj like you remember Starships like when she put out Starships that's that video and you know um the Anaconda video it kind of it's kind of the same in a way in terms of what she's wearing what the dancers were wearing Mm -hmm. and all these things but what I'm saying is if an artist presents something to the consumers and they love it and they want more of that the artist is only going to do that because now the artist becomes basically controlled by what the consumers yeah what the consumers want and then that becomes our fault because we're taking what they're giving us we should look at it and say wait a minute what is this actually doing for us what is her dancing on the beach with all these dancers doing for us you know Mm. no we don't want that Nicki Minaj give us when to give us a song that you you know when you talk about depression or something like that because she does have these songs but if we say that give us those songs she will give us those songs she will have no option because it comes back to us because we control the artists in a certain way in terms of what we take from them and what we don't because they depend on us in terms of sales they depend on us yeah to for them to make the art but also maybe i guess like there's i don't i don't think there's a resolution of it but like if if you're building yourself and you know if you ask me i don't listen to Nicki minaj specifically because i know a lot of her songs are very vulgar and that's just me she has Mm. a lot of fans Mm. i'm just one out of many people but then i choose not to because i understand that if i listen to this it doesn't resonate with me in certain ways and that's just me being able to analyze these things and it's because we have the capacity to and we understand (laughs) this analysis and it's because we have that knowledge and that reason that we want to go past it. Some people don't listen to music for the sake of analyzing lyrics. They just want some beats. Listen, yeah. um, everyone has different re- reasons for listening to it. Mm. But at the end of the day, as an artist, like you know what you're trying to communicate to the people. Yes. and I So think even if the consumer is driving you there, you know that you've been driven there to some extent. So the responsibility highly lies with the artist. And I'm not saying, also, I'm not saying that if an artist decides to, if, for example, if Nicki Minaj wanted to do Anaconda because she actually wanted to do it, then that's okay. That's that's Mm. her expressing herself in some sort of way. Do I agree with it? I don't personally. Mm -hmm. But then she, if she wants to do it, we're going to do it. But then the impact it has, I don't agree with it either. But Mm. then it's more of an opinion. It appeals to some people. Exactly. And the reasons it appeals to them could be because it's sexual or maybe they like the graphics. I don't know. Like could be (laughs) a bunch of other reasons. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Or it rhymes and blah, blah, blah. So I guess with when it comes to music, it's just a gray area. But It is. It's subjective as well. Like music is very... (laughs) So it's, it's very hard for... That's why... Artists, they go through a uh, evolution. They change after a certain time. You know, like every single artist, I feel like they start off with the best intention. The best intention is to give the listeners a message of the experience that they've gone through. I feel like that's what every artist starts off as. They love to make music that mm. people can listen to, right? And then that's when, you, you know, when you look at videos of like before they were famous, they were like, you know, like... <laughs> probably like skinny and like making good music and some people usually say oh i love their old mixtape but not their newest album Mm. you know so it's like as soon as you get into the industry that's when everything goes downhill 
because there is more expectation. The label wants you to sell numbers. Consumers are going crazy because they want something similar to, you know, something that you've released previously. And so you don't, the artist doesn't really become an artist anymore, but a product in, in, in a way. They become a number, just another number. Sure. So I guess my, what I'm trying to say is like, an artist shouldn't really aim to get to that level. Um, and that's why a lot of people are trying to not sign with major labels and do all these things because they know if they get to that level, they're going to have to be just become a number and make stuff that people can mm. consume. They lose their independence. They lose their independence. Their, their freedom, basically. Independence, um, yeah. But then it's like, it's like, but w- like how long can you last without, you know, without having a big label or a big management. Well, be- maybe the the next thing is to try and redefine what labels are doing. So like you with your new label. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a good intro. <laughs> that's a- um, maybe that's what you guys should do. Mm. When you get an artist, don't try and create this product mm. and maybe it's gonna be easier for you because you come from an artist perspective because yeah, exactly. again most of these record labels are business run exactly. so it's people they don't care about the product they don't care about the artistry mm. they just care about exactly. the numbers and everything else because they come from a business perspective mm. so tell us more about Alia Records actually uh, yeah um so I'm probably gonna sound like a businessman <laughs> talking about <laughs> Alia Records um but Alia Records is basically it's it's a label made by artists for artists basically um and we we basically i guess in a way we want to change the way people manage artists you know they you know you go in, get into a label and i feel like every label even if it's a small label or a big label they still have that business mindset of I'm going to take this artist, I'm going to change their image, I'm going to do this, 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 them, so they can sell and whatever, whatever. Every label? Every, I feel like every small label. Every label? Every small label and them? big label. <laughs> I kind of want to say all of them because um, just like looking at labels that I like and just seeing you know, their artists complain about being in that label. But I guess generalizing it you know, is not a good thing because I don't know every single label in the world. But mm. I would say every label that I've come, come across, across yeah. would be, you know, I just feel like they're business minded. Even though if that person is an artist, I feel like they're really business minded, you know. And usually that person who used to be an artist, they quit being an artist because it didn't work for them. Mm. So now they're doing label stuff. They're trying to be a label. I mean, run the label and sign artists just to make money because their past was not a great, you know us so so what are you guys doing differently how we what we're doing differently is i'm still trying to be an artist so i'm still trying to hustle to be an artist to make music to make it out there and it's more of like being a team so if i bring in artists it's not just me managing them but me learning from them how to be an artist as well so you're growing together we're growing together basically and it's not going to be like hey look you just make the music we're not going to tell you what we're doing with the business side but it's more like do you want to know about the business side Mm. you know we can tell you that we can keep you informed with what we're doing so the artist is involved with decisions in regards to the business side of the business side of product yeah no of of their music of their music (laughs) not a product you know of their music and it's and for me, I'm I'm willing to take risks. Like, I feel like people get scared of taking risks. Labels get scared of taking risks. 
What risk? Risk, <laughs> like, say, if, if I was making songs like Love is Free for the next five years, they'll be scared because it's like, will lo- love is free will it sell mm. you get what i mean so you're giving the the artist yeah. the independence to explore exactly without without necessarily without us saying go in this direction make okay. if an artist wants to make acoustic songs for the do rest whatever of you want life, basically you do it but i i will always be there to tell you the truth i will always tell <laughs> you look the fourth the four, first one was good second one was good third one is not gonna help you okay you need to explore a little bit add some more elements i would tell them that but i'm always happy for them to fail mm. i feel like if they fail, fail well yeah i i would say fail because you you go to try something and it doesn't work. It doesn't work how you want it to. Is that failing? Though? But it doesn't necessarily mean that you you quit. Okay. So you can fail, but you can still learn from it and and kind of like go and. Maybe do sleep it. is a better word. Maybe what? <laughs> you can sleep. You can. You sleep. don't fail. But you I want I want to say fail. <laughs> I want to say fail, fail. because mm. it feels like the world is over for you. Okay. You know, it feels like that's it. You can't do it anymore. Um and. And fail is like, for me, it's like trying something, like, for example, trying to play soccer and it doesn't work out. So then you say, okay, I don't want to play sports, but then you get into basketball, if that makes sense. It's something different to what you previously failed on, but you learned that to kind of like be better at whatever it is, you have to just train harder or keep going or whatever. But if you if you went on to do something else, then it kind of... But it's not completely it. different. Okay. If that makes sense. Basketball and soccer are like kind of, you know. I'm like just being pedantic about the word Yeah, yeah, fail. yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I don't want to say. <laughs> I'm just I don't, really I don't, pushing it. I don't want to say mistakes because mistakes yeah. is like something really small. Fail is like, like I feel like it's bigger than mistakes. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh my God, you should see my face now. I'm oh. looking at your face now. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I want to say fail because it's like you just feel like you can't come back from it. You feel like you can't. Okay. You feel like you you're about to quit to that level where you actually want to stop making music. So who who's who's Alia Records made for? Like, who can sign to Alia Records? Um, or what would make someone want to choose you guys? Now this would, is me marketing. That's like you. two two. <laughs> that's two questions. Who I know. Like why? Who who are you sorting? Who who? Well, I'll go with who we're looking for. Yeah, um, that's it. We're list. looking for artists who are original. And when I say original, artists who are willing to take risks with their music mm. and they're not willing to change for anything. Um, they're willing to create their own lane. Like they're not, you know, like an artist who does a style not because everyone else is feeling it, but because they want to experiment with that style. And even though if that's not the trend anymore, they still experiment with it. Mm. And things like that comes with lyrical content, what they talk about in their music, um, and then just their choice of mu- of production as well, where they can you know they can rap over a beat that wouldn't be say trap, but still give you give you a nice sort of like flow or whatever. Like just having that uniqueness in an artist, I feel like that person is willing is willing to take risks and all that stuff to make a great artist. Um, and uh, to give you an example, one of our artists, his name is Petro, he, like, when we met up with him and he said, um, he's like, he's like, uh, with my music, I don't want to ha- I don't want to swear in my music. Ooh, 
smooth. And I'm like, well, you're a rapper, though. Like, what do you mean? Did you actually say that? In my head, I was thinking okay, yeah. that, you know, because I went to a similar phase. I don't want phase. to listen to his music now, Yeah, exactly. Don't like exactly story. that's what i mean that's the biggest risk you can take like if you don't if you listen to a, any rap song people like people cursing it you know Chance they the <laughs> he doesn't he, he, he kind of does in a way oh well go on a little bit like <laughs> it's a debate like that's a debate that we could go on the front of it yeah exactly. but, but some of his songs yeah a majority of people do majority and it's of because people they're, ex- they're really expressing themselves exactly they express themselves and then but it's like you can express yourself without having to use curse words without yes. having to use all these things yes yes but it's yes. like if you can learn to affect someone have an impact on someone without using you know profanity like swearing and all these things you can actually succeed I think you, can. you know because when someone swears on the track then people are like oh this is hard yo this is like this is a dope track cuz you know they can relate to it exactly they can relate to it but, but they can they're not really swearing words. Exactly. Yeah, so I get it. this artist, him taking that step at a mm. very early age of his career, kind of shows that okay, this is someone that we need to work with. He's unique and he's willing to take risks in in the future if mm. we were to work together. Well, that's pretty cool because yeah. I listen to Petro and he starts releasing stuff just because he doesn't swear. Exactly. And there's a lot of people who <laughs> just listen to music with without having necessarily mm. to feel conscious of the fact that someone's right. Exactly. But, so how can we, what's your, do you guys have a website? Oh. Um, social media. <laughs> Look at you trying to promote us. Yeah. Well, um, I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> True. Are you though, or are we just business oh. partners? <laughs> well, is that business related stuff? I don't think so. You I got me on this friends. podcast. Well, because you're my friend. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> No, nah, uh, you can you can find me on uh, Spotify and, and all the streaming platforms at Daniel Ilya, E L I A, or my social medias are I am Daniel Ilya, and we have a website. It's called alienation.com. That's A L I A Nation.com. So you'll find all the artists on that website. Um, if you find me as well, everything else will be there as well, like the artists cool. that we're working with. So we're still trying to finalize everything with the artists that we have right now on board so mm. yeah i put a link to that when you put this up yes please um, and you put <laughs> this online it's been really good having this conversation actually and um there's no questions necessarily for this because yeah. the conversation could go anywhere and i feel like when the conversation's open people mm. tend to take it wherever it goes and exactly. kind of learn more from just having that experience of going anywhere um and it's sure. been really good just having you, this yeah, like there's some great. things you actually said that i didn't know some things i didn't even know and, um, <laughs> that's a crazy thing like i came to know more like i feel like this process has helped me also learn more about you as mm. an individual mm. um which i didn't know alia which is pretty cool exactly i see what you <laughs> oh, did there. Alia. Yeah, yeah? yeah that's cool yeah. that's cool you trying to <laughs> replicate oh our company <laughs> you never know um yeah now nah, my feedback on this is like this has been amazing like conversation is like the best thing ever especially a conversation with someone who is on the same page not necessarily on the same page but on the same kind of like wavelength. i guess conscious con- yeah wavelength but conscious level where you're you're open to what the other person is saying. And that's the only way you can kind of learn from each other, the different perspectives, by being open to what that other person is saying mm. and allowing that space to kind of, you know, be, you know, exp- like 
really just explore what what's going on in our both both of our minds you know yeah. just based off what we say to each other so it's been great thank you for having me on your thank you for being here actually podcast I mean, and agreeing to do this because yeah, it's not easy I'm your friend. <laughs> Well, is it because or <laughs> you just we just we'll rest. never know. Well, I guess we'll continue this You can find us after. at the next next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah, for being here and thanks for everyone who's actually listening and yeah, I guess it's around.